Welcome to Combat Chatter, a Star Wars The Old Republic podcast, brought to you by RepublicTrooper.com. Combat Chatter covers the latest hot topics and breaking news surrounding Star Wars The Old Republic, BioWare, and the greater Tor community. What's up, everyone? You are listening to Combat Chatter, the official podcast of RepublicTrooper.com. I am your host, Andy at Republic Trooper, and tonight I'm joined by Dave. Um, Mike and Tim are running late, so they may or may not be on the show. I was going to say, Tim, welcome back. You haven't been on the show for a long time, but you couldn't make it tonight either. So anyways, we'll just move on from that, and uh, we're also joined by our guest tonight. This is somebody that Dave has bumped into personally at some of the gaming conventions out there, things like New York Comic Con. Baylor, the senior producer from Darth Hader, is hanging out with us tonight so uh thanks everyone for being on the show what's going on hey what's up troops how you doing all right yeah cool it's just the three of us tonight but we got plenty to talk about so uh don't worry about that guys there's been a lot going on we're days away from the launch and uh, we're going to get into a lot of that kind of stuff here in just a few minutes but first baylor we want to talk more with you about your role with uh darth hater so why don't you tell us uh, a little bit about what you do for darth hater and, and and that kind of stuff sure absolutely I am the senior producer for editorial on Darth Hader. So what I am responsible for is the uh, timely uh, production of all editorial content. So breaking news, features, editorials and op-eds, and any such content that goes up on the front page probably passed through my eyes at one point. Uh, One of my major functions is making sure the writers and copy editors we have working for us get to their stuff in a timely fashion, produce quality content, and then make sure we get eyes on the uh, articles before they go up on the front page so that they meet our editorial standards. Okay, now the next most important question, and this is very appropriate. It, It melds real life with the old republic. We need one of you, so is there a clone chamber where <laughs> yeah. they make more of you? Like the clone troopers, can we get some clone producers? <laughs> well, Darth Hader's been asking the same thing of me, so I'm not sure <laughs> that we can find another one of me. But if you put out a posting for an associate producer or producer or something of that and ask for some, look for someone with project management skills or someone who's worked in publishing, that'll work. I really don't have either, so I don't know why I work for it, but, you know, that, that's what you need. I've been picking it up and doing it more. I just, it, it's, more, it's more than I've done in the past. I've moved more towards editing and away from as much content writing as I used to do in the past. Yeah, Dave's um, learning how to be a project manager with a Republic Trooper, so as, as we've grown, he's like, dude, I need help. I can't do this all by myself, so we're trying to uh, recruit backup as we speak, actually. <laughs> the, the the best part is my very zen personality. It, it it works very well in this entire process. <laughs> yeah, Dave's very calm. Right. Very, very calm. <laughs> I'm about as calm as Tony Soprano, also being from Jersey. <laughs> well, the the thing about uh, editorial production and being a producer is it's really all about process. Making sure you fo- you lay out a clear and concise process and making sure people stick to it. You write it. Then you copy edit it, then you review it, then you produce, then you publish it. And if you hit all those steps and make sure that people stick to the timeline that was laid out, it's smooth sailing. The thing is, you gotta be able to recognize when uh, a writer won't be able to hit their deadline, or a copy editor might have to spend more time on a specific article because either it's lengthy or that particular writer is usually using a lot of passive voice you want to get that out or et cetera, et cetera. so it's all about sticking to your process sticking to your timeline and knowing your people yeah and that's that's exactly where we're at like kind of what you're saying i i mean i personally i i've been writing for 20 plus years and i understand the entire process personally i'm one of those people who can say, hey, I know how to do this, but maybe I shouldn't be a teacher because I've been learning the skills on how to explain it to our writers. And I'm slowly becoming better once once we get to the point where they understand what I'm saying. But I, I guess I would say knowing the skills and knowing how to teach other the skills are two completely different skills as it is. <laughs> well, that's, because, that's why we have two separate people on Darth Hader staff doing those specific things. You said that you're trying to get content out in a timely fashion and you're trying to teach people how to write better. 
that second part is not my job. That's what Dover does for our staff. He's the managing editor. He is responsible for making sure that style and and all of that jazz gets done well. So people become better writers, write in the same sort of voice so that they're all, it sounds like one unified voice from the site. Mm-hmm. I'm oh. just responsible for making sure people do things on time and and making sure people do their jobs. So essentially that, what you're saying is you're, you're the whip cracker. Exactly. <laughs> nice. You know, you mentioned something earlier um, about breaking news. I know you guys, Darth Hader does a killer job of covering breaking news. Like if something goes up, it's on your guys' website in, dude, I don't know, five minutes or less. What can you tell us about that process that you guys have and, and, and how are you kind of clued into to what's happening as, I, as, as quick as it happens? I think I know. I think, I think Sato says, I feel a disturbance in the force. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Some, some news is Stephen coming Reed down is going to tweet. Yes. All right, you guys got me. Sato's a Sith Lord. He sees things and knows them before they happen. He, he doesn't even hide that. I mean... <laughs> When I, when I met him at uh, at PAX, he was just like, oh, yeah, Sith all the way. Sith. Evil. I was like, I, I mean, I didn't get it from his site. I mean, there were subtle uh, clues on Darth Vader here and there if you look for him. But, I mean, I, I still needed to be told straight out. Yeah, subtle clues. The the name is no indicator. Right. No, but um, uh, but but back to the question, you know, about the breaking – like, how do you – what is your guys's you know – like, how do you go about doing that? Just keep it – because you guys – I mean, like I said, you guys are really – keep on top of like the breaking news and that's that's the stuff where we're, we're small so we we were like you know we want to do be, do breaking news stuff but we can only do it here and there because do, do you have full-time people that only monitor news posts and like dev tracker or is that something that you would be involved with well as far as the breaking news goes it's not that we have full-time people dedicated to only doing breaking news and the full-time people only doing op-eds but that's not how it works we just have all our editorial staff keyed in saying all right, just keep your eyes on the skies. Uh, and if you see something, go up on the official site, on Twitter, on Facebook, uh, on their YouTube page. Just share it with everyone else, and whoever's available writes it up. And that's what we're talking about. I mean, you know, we've we've told our story a few times, but uh, Reader's Digest version, again, we're just pushing on six months now, so we're one of the new kids on the block. We're very happy with how well we've been received by the community, and we thank all the fans and Bioware for that. Andy and I, from the beginning, you know, we always said, hey, whatever great people come to work with us, that's fine, but we need to be able to do something that we can maintain for the most part on our own. And that came from, you know, in the past, knowing that people come and go on projects. So basically, you know, we, I don't want to say we prepared for the worst, but hoped for the best because it's not a worst best scenario, but it was more like, you know, we hoped for more but we prepared for less. Well, as, as far as breaking news goes, I mean, we don't need, the, the community doesn't need every site doing breaking news. I um, agree, 100%. <laughs> and there are enough sites out there that already do that. I mean, I know that us, Ask a Jedi, and probably Tor, Tor Wars. And Tor Wars, yep. Right. We, Red, all all of us Red do Rancor. breaking news. And Red Rancor, and I'm sure there are other sites who will jump in on it too. Since you guys are Republic Trooper, not to dictate what you guys could or could not do, I would expect you guys to take those patch notes and tear out, this is what's relevant to troopers, and this is how it impacts your specs. This is how it impacts your gearing. This is how it impacts your ro- your ability rotations. This is how it impacts how you might view your character. Yep. So more analysis of the, of the trooper angle. That's exactly what we're going to be doing more. I mean, we started getting some numbers out there now that the NDAs dropped, but once... Uh, all of our writers, once the game launches, I mean, let's face it, in a week and change, that'll be what we're on top of once everybody has access to the hard numbers. Because um, even when the NDA dropped, it's like, hey, you could talk about beta stuff, but you know, half of your writers and contributors still aren't in the beta, so they can't go and look this stuff up themselves. Or even worse, they're in the beta and they can't log their high-level characters in because they're bugged. <laughs> no, that was... Comment, good. dude. That that that, good. that actually hurt us really bad because uh, you know Dave was like power leveling a trooper and trying to get all this experience so we can get some more stuff on the site. And I, I think that you never got that character back, did you, dude? No, thousands of people got locked out. And let I I don't want to go I don't want to go too much into it because I'm not trying to put a a bad shadow on anything that happened in the beta. But I'm actually kind of glad it happened in the beta. I just hope they know what happened so that it can't happen in launch, because that would be horrible for anyone. 
yeah, not being able to log into your main character, that would be tragic and unacceptable. <laughs> yeah, dude, it was. It's already been brutal, but you know, like like Dave was saying, we're we're eight days away. So I, I think in another week or so, kind of like to your point, you know, once once we once the game is live, once everybody has access, once people start kind of figuring out, and there's patches coming and patch notes coming on a regular basis, obviously that's what we're gonna do, right? Is we're gonna pull we're gonna pull content geared towards Trooper and focus on that and editorialize on that and theorycraft on that and all that kind of stuff. Another question I wanted to ask you about Darth Vader. So how long have you been? Um, working with them, how did you come about meeting them? Like, how did this whole thing kind of materialize? Sure. Um, I joined Darth Hader in October of 2010, so last year. So uh, I've been working with them for just over a year. I started reading their site last August when I finally realized, oh, wow, they're making a sequel to Knights of the Old Republic, and it's going to be an MMO. I should really play that game. So I started reading up on the game development over last summer and I came across Darth Vader because, well, they were really big. Um, they came up high on all the Google searches that I was doing about the game. A lot of the latest news content was coming out of their site. So I said, oh, I'll, I'll start watching this site. They seem to have a good handle on what's going on. Uh, and I had started my own blog because I intend to play a Jedi Knight at launch. And when I was playing World of Warcraft, I had played uh, a retribution paladin slash protection paladin for a good amount of time. And when I was playing that class, the ret, ret class, uh, retribution spec, I found that most other ret paladins I ran into in World of Warcraft had no flipping idea what they were doing. <laughs> yeah, so, they didn't. Dude. <laughs> that was my first class, actually, was paladin, too, so I know what you're talking about. And I realized that when I first started re playing retribution, I didn't have any idea what I was doing. When I was playing in vanilla, I said, wow, Rhett's fun. You get to hit stuff with a big mace. I had no idea what the heck hit was. I didn't know what the difference between um, uh, spell hit versus um, melee hit. I, I, I didn't know about the hit cap. Uh, I was clueless. See, and see, Andy, I told you five years ago we should have created RetributionPaladin.com. And you didn't listen to me then. I know. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I found that I realized that I didn't know what I was doing. And I realized that no one else in the community, well, a lot of the community didn't know what they were doing except for the folks that were in high-end guilds. So when Burning Crusade came out and Retribution actually became a spec that was playable, I ended up joining a guild that was in need of one. And I said, all right, I'm going to learn how to do this. And then I'm going to write a blog about it so that people know how what they're doing and they have a resource because I couldn't find a good one. So I started writing boss guides and uh, from a retribution perspective and an FAQ for the gearing and specs and all that jazz. And I said, I really enjoyed doing that. I'm going to do that in tour as well. So I started my uh, blog. It was force sensitive very creative title because I intended on writing about Jedi Knights and nice. if I found someone who was a consular player who wanted to write with me, I would have let them come on as well. But then about a month in when I had realized I don't have anything to write about, this game is at least a few months if not a year away and I don't have any details more than what I can get off of Darth Hader and Ask a Jedi and whatever other sites are out there, I saw Darth Hader put up a post saying, we need people. We need writers. We need community uh, moderators. We need producers. We need graphic designers. We need more staff. And I said, there's no way that my little blog will be successful in the face of this if they're successful at what it looks like they're going to do. And Darth Hader looked like it was positioning itself at that point to be uh, a one-stop shop for strategy, for news, for all that. So I said, eh. I'll put in an application. So I applied for a writer since I had the writing chops from my blog. I applied for a uh, forum moderator because I was at that point moderating uh, Main Tank It In as one of their uh, moderators. Nice. And I applied for a producer spot because, well, in my day job, I worked in at that point in a project management office in a life insurance company. So I said, eh, let's see what they want. Let's see which one they want me for. And as you're well aware, people who do editorial production are few and far between. So they said, we need you for producer. So they took me on as that. Nice. That's awesome. 
now fast forward from uh, you know that time when you set up your application you you uh, eventually ended up like getting to travel to game conventions and things like that for for Darth Vader is is that something that you know they like kind of task you like hey we're going to pick you to go represent us at at Comic-Con or is it just happened to be in like your neck of the woods and you could show up or how did that kind of stuff come about because I know that's where you bumped into uh bumped into Dave was at uh, New York Comic-Con Sure. Uh, I live in New York City, so East Coast conventions are an easy nice. uh, thing for me. New York Comic Con, especially since it's in my town. I just have to hop on a subway and I'm at the Javits Center. I also went to PAX East as a part of the Darth Vader staff because it's in Boston. Boston is not too hard for me to get to. As far as conventions go, we just send who can get there and we grab as many tickets, uh, media passes as we can and send as many people who can afford to go. Yeah, we, uh, we were pretty much... Uh hitting the first couple shows while we were still in our uh, early stages. So I just hit up PAX and then I hit up New York Comic Con. And, you know, it's been said time and again, but it's it literally is the backbone. The community in this game is excellent. The players, you know, the Bioware community team and people I've met at each convention, you know, I've kept in touch with and and everyone's just they're energetic and they're positive and I really haven't seen a gaming community since EverQuest, and even even then, this surpasses that. It might be because uh, it might be because of technology. It's a little bit easier to um, to connect with people now, but you feel really plugged in once you start getting into into the community around the old Republic. And I hear you, Dave. When I came away, I've come away from both conventions that I went to with contacts that I've kept in touch with. For example, when I went to PAX East, I ended up talking for a while with a guy from I'm forgetting which guild it was but I ended up keeping in touch with him after a while and he's now one of our forum moderators on Darth Hader uh, if you ever see him on our forums it's Disinvolto I met him at PAX East we got to talking I ended up talking with him on the show floor for about an hour at the end of the Sunday and we kept talking after we after the con and he uh, ended up joining our staff and then at uh, New York Comic Con, I met you as well as a few other people from a few of the other fan sites that I uh, sometimes talk to. Um, I both conventions I run into uh, Kathy and Roxanne from Corellian Run, and I, I chat with them on Twitter every once in a while. Sorry, I hit my uh, mute button. Do, um, <laughs> do, you mean, do you mean Kathy from Bioware? Yeah, she just got Hello. a job at Bioware, dude. Yeah, Excuse you know. me, Kathy, the uh, <laughs> offsite contract community coordinator That's at Bioware. Right. I know we were. Dave told me about the today. I was like, "That's awesome!" Congrats, <laughs> Kathy. You rock. Dave wants a job, by the way, Kathy. If you're listening, <laughs> I, I, make, I I make awesome coffee remotely, even. So. Yeah. Coffee by VoIP. Yeah, there you go. Do Do I need less reasons to leave the house? There's already so few. Josh, now I, I know I, I know you're going to be part of the Republic, like you told me when we first uh, when we first met at Comic-Con and, and we spoke in that two-hour line waiting to get into one of the uh, the Bioware panels. And you've mentioned it again here. Does that set you apart? I mean, how many people on the Darth Hader staff are actually not going Sith? That actually does set me apart from the rest of the Darth Hader staff. Darth Hader will have a Sith guild on a PvP PST server at some point. Nice. Because they're all crazy raiders and want to kill people. I'm East Coast-based. I don't want to play on a Pacific server because I'd rather have a good ping and I'd rather play with people in my time zone. And I'm going to roll on a PvE server because, well, I don't want to get to Tatooine and get my ass ganked every someone, uh, every five minutes. And <laughs> right. I apologize if you guys have to bleep that. Oh, no, that's totally uh, cool, dude. <laughs> so I have started my own guild. Um, I know that a good portion of the editorial staff and core team for Darth Hader will be playing on the PvP uh, PST server, wherever they end up. I, I don't even know where they're going or what the guild will be called. They're keeping it under wraps. Uh, but as far as I go, it's going to be me and I've got uh, six other people currently from, from my personal contacts and hater staff that will be rolling on a PVE EST server. Uh, we're in a guild that uh, we called Mito's Arrows. Um, and it's a really nerdy name because we drew on Star Wars lore. Nice. Um, so, uh, and we're going to be targeting eight-man raids, uh, eight-man operations, excuse me. Got to use their terminology. And it's just going to be real small, real tight-knit, pretty casual raid schedule, uh, maybe two nights a week tops. 
and I know that we've got me and then I think it's three other people from Hater editorial staff uh, and then well, maybe it's four other people from editorial staff and then two guys that are friends of friends. So, so that's that's actually not too bad. I mean, it, it doesn't make you a, a complete outsider. I mean, that, if there's like five people going Republic, that gives uh, that gives uh, the DH team a, a pretty good minority, you know. The, the Republic has a voice on DarthHater.com. <laughs> representing the Republic side, yeah, I mean. Yeah, Darth Hater is not completely Sith. Uh, there are pockets of Republic you, resistance, you, but... Yeah, it, the the main the the main portion of the staff. I mean, we've got a staff of probably close to twenty, twenty five, maybe yeah. even thirty, if I counted it up. So we're a pittance. That's you know, funny. <laughs> whenever whenever I read Darth Hader, you know, everybody thinks Darth Hader's evil. But I've told Andy they're still good in that website. I've felt it. Oh, I did. yeah, exactly. They're your father, Dave. Well, they've been around longer than <laughs> we have, so I don't, no, I don't know what to say to that. I mean, I want a DNA test for proof, but I'm not yeah, going to exactly. say it's impossible. No, we're doing wow. the, we're doing a similar thing. Uh, Dave's a GM in our in our guild, and and, and we we try to keep it under wraps too, because we want our we want our guild and our guild members to not be you know you know get extra. However, it goes, you just want to keep that keep the two things the two projects separate because they're almost projects in and of their own. Um, yeah. But we're also doing the same thing too. We're going we're going PVE because we want to focus on raiding. We want people to you know be able to level without having to worry about being ganked and all that kind of stuff. And um, originally, I actually wanted to play Sith on a PVP server, but Dave twisted oh, my arm. So uh, no, I did not. That's a lie. Oh please, friends, other friends could see this is and he, he is going dark side even though he's republic oh absolutely that's, <laughs> that, that's proof he will he will lie to cover his ass and kill the kids that. dude i kill the kids every chance i get <laughs> well you both are being playing troopers right uh, no he he'll be a jedi knight actually actually well yeah i know it's secret i know no my main is going to be a jedi knight sentinel but i will have a trooper alt going commando which is which is cool as hell and in the beta i actually played commando pretty much exclusively just you know for the website and all that stuff and I have to say, I was really torn when it was done because I loved it. Like, I had so much fun with that class, but I had already kind of committed to the guild, like, hey, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to play. So I'll, I'll be, I'll, I'll, I will actually be playing a Jedi Knight as my main, which is cool. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. But I know, I think Dave's going to try and do dual troopers, aren't you? A Vanguard will be my main. But yeah, I, I will later down the line, I will get a commando up there too because, you know, I got I to gotta walk. The walk if I talk the talk well, I mean you have to go commando it's very airy and breezy uh well you know about that <laughs> the, the best thing I like about Andy is he, he's going sentinel so he'll be dual wheeled so when I'm landing my aircraft he'll have those two glow rods to to bring me in safely <laughs> yeah exactly park to the left <laughs> but uh, Andy uh, I had much the same problem that you had when I played in beta I played I first thing I rolled was a knight because I wanted to play knight but I figured I'm going to play guardian at launch so I'm going to play sentinel for beta and I'm going to play light side at launch so let me make all the dark side choices to see what I'm missing and I played that for a bit and then I got locked out of that server for a queue so I said right. I don't want to wait I'm going to roll something else so I ended up rolling a trooper up on a different server and my God, I had so much fun. It I, is it is a lot of fun. It is the only real beef I have about Trooper is compared to all the other classes, the way we look when we start, like all the other troopers are like geared out in trooper gear and we're like in, you know, pants and a t shirt essentially. And it's like you don't really look like a trooper until maybe I don't know, like fifteen or twenty. But you it know is what? a ton of fun to play. You know what though? Truthfully, trying not to be biased, I'm not like, yeah, but we're the coolest. I truthfully think that troopers and bounty hunters with their armor, at the end, it's worth the price because a short time you look ghetto. But at the end, dude, the trooper and the bounty hunter are the best looking classes. The, the armor is magnificent, especially the high end armor. Yeah, Dave. Uh, Dave hooked me up with like a. He found a, a. He had like a random drop, and it was like a blue, like dark side level three trooper item or something like that, and we put it on. And, our whole vent channel like erupted. They were like, Oh my God, you got to see this. It was like all dark red with like spikes. And I was like, yeah, evil trooper, dude. I look sick. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen a lot of the high end armor. Well, just look at uh, the movie they put out, uh, the trooper versus the, um, Oh, the choose your side. Yeah. The trooper yeah. versus the, oh, um, yeah. um, Sith inquisitor. Wasn't it? Cause there's, I mean, there's a couple scenes. We actually, uh, I actually pulled a, well, Andy pulled a, um, 
a still out of that video and I have it as my desktop. There's a scene where there's like six troopers in all different armor and it looks awesome. I mean, there's some of the standard like, you know, white and orange or white and blue. But then, I mean, it goes all the way up to high end and you can see a lot of the trooper armor in that video. I'll have to go rewatch some of those Choose Your Sides videos. I didn't even think to look at the armor. I, you can see that I'm not the one who does the dissections for our site. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No, that's cool. But but yeah, uh, I was just going to say, you know, um, I, we're going to kind of move on to like actual Star Wars topics now and, and away from Darth Hader's specific. But thanks so much for hanging out. We're going to kind of move into the next segment here. We're totally glad that you joined us on the show. And if you are a Star Wars The Old Republic fan and you have not heard of DarthHader.com, I do not know where you have been. But uh, everybody needs to go check out DarthHater.com. Those guys are super cool. Their website is awesome. There's tons of information, tons of forums. They now have a date, game database and, and all that kind of stuff. So so uh, check out DarthHater.com. And, uh, you know, Baylor might say hi to you when you're there, too. But, Dave, let's move on to the mess hall. We had a mess hall this last week. And uh, why don't you tell everybody what was going on with that? Yeah, in last week's mess hall, which was our second uh, ever we talked about the beta weekend impressions that everyone who got a chance to actually get into beta at this point had and what they thought of the beta it was just a general good bad great horrible from uh, the uh, thanksgiving weekend right well yeah but i mean the most the greatest majority of people got in over that weekend but anyone who'd gotten into the beta was welcome to put their beta impressions forward since the NDA was lifted. The votes were, they were actually kind of shocking. I mean, I expected good replies, but I thought there might be one or two okays or fairs. We got zero of anything below exceptional. We, we got 41%. The beta was exceptional. Yes. 41%. The beta was exceptional. The game will go down as one of history's greatest titles and 59%. Uh, went with the beta was very good. Almost everything I encountered was fun and well presented. So people, at least the readers of our site, they were blown away by the beta. And considering there were some bumps in the road, once they have that stuff ironed out, I think I think the game has a very bright future as long as they take care of business in the same manner post-launch as they have pre-launch. You know, that's pretty interesting because, uh, and, and Baylor, I don't know, how long have you been in beta or were you only one, did you only get a weekend? Pass. Well, I was in general game testing, but for not very long. I got a general testing invite in early mid-November, but I didn't I really have the opportunity to use it that much because I've been so busy on the side. Right. Um, I didn't even get to log in during the Thanksgiving uh, beta blitz. Yeah, you know, that's funny because neither did I. I'm the same, I, except I, I got my general test invite. I think it was like mid-September. But even then, you know, by the time the beta weekends came around and like lots of people were in, I was like, I can't do it on this weekend. I'm busy. But I thought that the build they had for the Thanksgiving weekend, I'm actually surprised by those poll results. I thought it was actually way more buggy and they had way more problems than the previous build. And uh, I'm kind of surprised that nobody was like, eh, it was OK or or I hit this problem because like we were kind of talking earlier, you know, Dave had a character that was locked out and. He couldn't log in ever. It's he's never gotten it back, and now the bait is closed, so that character was gone. And there was just a lot of a lot of things like that. I mean, of course, those things are going to happen, and obviously they open the floodgates to. I think it was somebody said somewhere today it was like seven hundred fifty thousand players that weekend. But uh, I'm actually surprised that that people voted it that that high. I, I'm I'm also super stoked that they voted it that high because. As a Star Wars fan and an MMO fan, you know, I, I want the game to have a thriving community and a long life. But that, that's pretty interesting that, that people enjoyed it as much as they did. Well, Andy, I, I don't think they opened it to 725,000. Like they said, everyone who'd signed up, they'd opened it to 2 million testers. 725,000 actually played that weekend. That's true. That's, that's a good point. You know, so, they said something else, too. They said that of the 725,000 that it was, or 750, that they averaged... 12 hours of playtime over the weekend like each 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 account averaged about 12 hours of playtime and then they did the math and they said it equated to 9000 years of 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 real lifetime wow that's crazy that's these people almost sound like mmo gamers <laughs> yeah i know i actually thought it would have been more right cuz when you have like a 3 day pass you think it's like all right dude i'm 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 booking saturday off i'm up at 8 a.m. and i'm in bed at 4 well that's that's the average think about the people that were busy and went oh I'm only going to get 2 hours on this day and that's all I got I wish I got more they had to be offset by the people who put in 30 hours that's so true. 
we have some people in our guild who um, who got into their 40s over the four-day weekend. So they put in a few hours. I'm actually not surprised that you guys got the response you did on your poll. The people who are following the game pre-launch are the people who are really, really excited about it. And the people who got invites to the beta weekend and actually utilize them are the ones who really, really want to play it. So they're going in with a preconceived notion of, I've been waiting for this game for forever. I want my hands on it. And you give them that little taste and they're really excited. So they want to say, yeah, it's awesome. So I'm not really all that surprised by the poll results to be honest i guess that's true that's a good point you know for especially for people who you know that was their only window into the beta right was like those three or four days they're gonna stop i know i know when i got my general game test invite it was like hey sorry weekend plans like you know (laughs) i've got stuff to do and then i i played all weekend and leveled a bunch of characters to about 20 and just just to kind of like check out as much as i could but um but that's true i guess if i would have had like a three or four day window you know it's like oh this is the coolest thing ever the one thing i i did notice though is is there were some pretty major launch bugs and up and up until that night i don't know how many people were in the general test they, they said in the article i read this morning that over the life of beta two million testers played so so you know there was a lot of people in the in the general test but i guess what i'm trying to say is I had the experience of having been in the game already, so I could see with each build, you know, what the actual changes were, how they modified this system versus that that system, and it gave you a little bit more perspective on, oh man, you know, I, I like the autom- item modification system better in the previous build, as opposed to, you know, I only have like a three or four day window into the game, so I guess that does make sense. Yeah, I just, I, I hope people remember, and, you know, I, I did a piece on it a couple months ago on RT, uh, about hype and people getting too hyped up that can still happen even with even with a great product because you expect something to be El Dorado you know no matter how great this game is remember okay nothing is perfect so guys I hope there's a minimum but when a game launches especially a game of this size there may be some bumps in the road let's hope that they're ironed out as fast as possible and they're of minimum impact but just remember to try to be patient. Well, we've okay? we've actually talked about that on the show before, um, you know, because obviously the big comparison it's going to be compared to is WoW because that's where the most players are. But people are comparing this game to WoW in its current state right now, not WoW when it launched. And and anybody oh, yeah. that was around WoW on on like vanilla WoW on launch day, dude, that was not <laughs> that was a good two or three weeks of major. You know, I can't log in. Server rebooting every ten minutes. Yada, yada, yada. It took them a while to really work out the kinks. I do not foresee that with this game. I just don't. But um, and the numbers, there might the be numbers, a few times, but... The numbers aren't even the same, okay? WoW exploded. It did. But those first couple weeks when things were really bad and, and when the major problem was them updating their databases so that you could actually loot without, you know, standing over a corpse for three minutes at a time. <laughs> right. Um, there were a couple hundred thousand there were like 200,000 people at launch. There weren't like two to three million. So, I mean, Blizzard had this problem. Blizzard had this problem at WoW's launch with a tenth or maybe less of what we're going to see in the Old Republic's player base at the start. So that's another thing to remember. No, that's true. That's a good point. And, you know, speaking of WoW, that kind of somewhat brings us to our, our next topic of discussion, which is, before WoW, um, I played Star Wars Galaxies, and one of our new writers, um, Richard Long, just wrote a piece about the impact of Star Wars Galaxies on um, Star Wars The Old Republic. It, it got a great reaction from the community. There was lots of comments. There was lots of feedback. A lot of people seem torn. A lot of people seem to say there's no way you can compare the two. The, you know, the only similarities are that they're Star Wars, and, and other people seem to say otherwise. I'm kind of one of the otherwise people. I, I think that... I think that BioWare did their research and they looked into a lot of the the good things that Star Wars Galaxies did. And, and as messed up as that game was, I mean, when I played it, I loved it. With For all its bugs and all its brokenness, I still thought it was really cool. And I, I think it did some pretty, pretty innovative things for the MMO genre at the time. And that's really the thing that I think I've seen BioWare kind of, kind of do with, with TOR is that they've really looked at you know, other major games out there, you know, like WoW or, or even even EverQuest and, and Age of Conan and, and all of this kind of stuff. And and they've 
they've gone, okay, this is a good system. We like how it works. Now we want to put like a Bioware spin on it or, or, you know, this is a, the idea of this system is good, but we're not even going to use it because it, the way it was implemented in, in X game doesn't work right. But I mean, what do you, what are your guys' thoughts? Do you think that Star Wars Galaxies would have had or does have any influence on TOR as it is today? I'm going to say, and at the, at the risk of, at the risk of uh, making a couple people uh, mad, I'm going to say anyone who thinks that something that came before in a genre has no impact whatsoever on the future is being a little naive. Every title in a game genre has impact on future games in that genre, whether good, bad, or indifferent. And, and that goes across everything. FPSs have influenced every other FPS. Tribes Ascend. And I'm gonna do a I'm gonna do a little bit of a little bit of product advertisement. For Battlefield Three is better. Well, if you drink juice boxes, it is, I agree. <laughs> Call but, of Duty. Uh, <laughs> but I couldn't wait for the Tribes franchise to be resurrected. But you actually see it on the Tribes Ascend servers. You see people talking about like, hey, this is like Halo. A lot of the younger players don't realize Tribes came before Halo. Hence, if there's anything similar in Halo. It was influenced by tribes. That happens in every genre. And it's good and bad influences. People see games that came out as flops. In some ways, things that fail in a genre are more telling than things that are successful. It's easy to go, okay, that works, that works. If we pick that up, we might be of middling success, but people, you know, people will say we just completely copied. The the best games are the ones that incorporate as much that's come before them that's great about the genre remove as much about the genre that has failed and add their own innovations to further the genre right. those three things in conjunction are what make a great game what do you what do you think baylor did you even have were you even a star wars galaxies player i didn't play star wars galaxies but i was tempted it could have been my first mmo because i know that it was intriguing but at that point i wasn't I didn't really have the uh, mindset that I wanted to pay a subscription fee to play games, so I passed on that. But then my girlfriend got me into WoW, and here I am. Yeah. Um, nice. <laughs> go ahead. Dave. You know that's funny. I was just gonna say something about your subscription. Some people, some people are claiming with the free to play movement becoming so large that it's going to hurt uh, Star Wars's bottom line. I I suppose I don't that's think true. so one bit. Well, I, I, I suppose that's true to a very small point, but yeah, for the most part, if something is good enough, $15 a month, I mean, there are people out there that are strapped. I completely understand that. But $15 a month is a lot of entertainment when you're talking about a good MMO. And when you're talking about getting something you can't get in other MMOs, namely grade A voice acting across the board, and just... It might not be a cutting-edge graphics engine, but the graphics and the sound in the game are – they're great. They're, for an MMO, they're compelling. They're exciting. You're getting your $15 worth. It's not like you're paying $15 for a game that is the equivalent of a free-to-play title. You're paying $15 for a game that's above most free-to-plays. And there are some great free-to-plays out there. Don't get me wrong. I enjoy several of them myself, but there is a difference. And – I'd look at it this way at this point in my life. I pay more than that for a gym membership, and I probably use the gym membership less than I'll play this Oh, game. hands down. I'm in the same boat, dude. Stupid 24-hour fitness. Well, <laughs> now that the game's coming out, you guys will probably use the gym membership almost not at all. For I know. I know. My girlfriend's going to kill me. <laughs> I'm going to make a point that I still go. <laughs> I swear I will get my money's worth. Yeah, Josh will get in there. He'll be, he'll be like, He'd be like, all right, 10 of these, 10 of these. I can lift weights while running while running on the treadmill, right? You know, that's funny. Hey. Remember back in the WoW days when, you know, there was some guy who, um, like, he forced a rule on himself when he played WoW. He, like, hooked his keyboard up to, like, a, a in-place um, exercise bike. And when he wanted to play WoW, he had to sit on the bike and pedal. And he, like, he made some blog. And he, like, followed himself over, like, six months of playing WoW. And he was like, it was really cool. First, he lost, like, 75 pounds. Because he was, whenever he would play WoW, he would actually exercise. And B, he was like, it forced him to only have to do like two or three hour increments because his legs couldn't take it anymore. That's actually it's almost smart. Like, yeah, it's a, that's a smart idea. I, I don't think I would implement that at this point in my life. But I, I won't say that it, it's not a really, really a witty, witty way to combine 
exercise and gaming. You know, if, if for those of you out there that did play Star Wars Galaxies, I, I, I agree with Dave. You know, if something that came before the other, especially the fact that Star Wars Galaxies was the first ever Star Wars MMO. Star Wars The Old Republic is going to be the second ever Star Wars MMO. There is no way you cannot make comparisons against the two, even though even though that they were almost like, you know, 10 years apart from each other. Definitely check out Rich's pieces piece on our site. Uh, it was called uh, Star Wars the, Star Wars Galaxy's Impact on Star Wars The Old Republic. He has a lot of good points. Well, to your original question of how did Star Wars Galaxies really impact The Old Republic or how has how could it have? Right. Um, I'm, I'm on board with you guys that it, something that comes before in the genre has to have some sort of ripple effect on what comes after. And I think that there are, from my point of view as an outsider who has not played Star Wars Galaxies and I've watched the Old Republic's development, I feel like there are two main points that Galaxies had a real and tangible effect on the Old Republic. One is the nature of the game itself, story-driven instead of sandbox. And two is the time... Uh, the timeline where they place the game in the oh, uh, absolutely. Star Wars, uh, story. Right. I mean, when you're dealing with, I'll deal with the second one first. When you're dealing with a game like Star Wars Galaxies, which is set in the era of the original trilogy, that is a really known and mapped out time period within the Star Wars uh, universe. So you're really restricted as to what sort of stories you can tell. You know that after this point in the time period that you're in, this happens, then this happens, then this happens. So you really can't go off the map. As far as the, the timeline goes, you're really restricted as to what you can say or do because of the time period. When they're talking about the Old Republic, you're back way before the trilogy, and it's a, a dead spot in the Star Wars universe. There, ha there hasn't been a lot written in that particular era. So they had a lot more leeway with what they could have done, and there are a lot more jedi and sith in that time period so it's not like in star wars galaxies oh there's a jedi there's i, I mean right. i really didn't play so i i don't have a handle on it but i was made to think that in the early days of star wars galaxies there were very very few jedi and it was sort of an rng factor who could be them and whether they right. could train it up and then after a while they opened it up to Anyone can do it, but and that's that when the game started to fall apart, right? That's when the game started to fall you, apart. The fans, I mean, especially too. I mean, you want you want to talk like you know nerd levels, dude. You're, you're Star Wars fans, like we're as nerdy as they get. You know what I mean? And it's like that didn't happen at this year, in this hour, in this time, and you know this book said otherwise, and that they were their hands were tied behind their back in terms of longevity of story because I, I believe the the setting was supposed to be between. The Star Wars A New Hope, which was the first movie released in Empire Strikes Back. I believe that was where the the timeline was for SWG. It, yeah, but with, that's with, correct. With TOR, like you said, I mean, essentially now, I mean, the, you know, the, the lore goes back, I guess, you know, tens of thousands of years. And I, I believe, and correct, someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that the TOR timeline is either 1,000 years or like 3,000 years before Third, Yoda. 3600. Thirty six hundred oh, years. Thirty six hundred years. So and change. So uh, and there's not every, there's not a whole lot of story in there. So they can kind of like make the lore up now as they go. I mean, there's these big like milestones that are that are talked about, but it was not like the lifespan of like a person, right? Like we know Luke Skywalker from age fifteen to like twenty, you know, became Luke Skywalker, the badass Jedi guy, or whatever. You know, they they have a much wider expanse of time to really just be creative and actually fill in the blanks in that in that history i guess and they can't be attacked on their forums uh by rabid star wars fans saying that didn't happen right that doesn't fit with the canon right exactly well well they can but it, it'll it'll happen much less often with less credibility but uh everything you guys are talking about right now uh rich actually went into almost exact detail on those things he went into i i believe he called the time that uh bioware went back to as more virginal as it was much harder to sus suspend disbelief with the you know the jedi in star wars galaxies and you know in some ways you have to wonder how how forward looking the doctors at bioware were when they made the original knights of the old republic because they put themselves in a place that really was almost a no-brainer. It was it, it was actually surprising LucasArts or someone working with LucasArts hadn't hit them up for that a long time ago. You know, people wanted 
people wanted the freedom to, you know, to to be the force wielders. Well, that's they a wanted, good point. They you... wanted it to fit in a game. They wanted, and you know, Bioware seems to make a lot of choices that are just common sense. That you go, hey, that's a great choice. I'm surprised. I'm surprised it took this long for anyone to think of it. But well, that's. A, I was gonna say that's a good point because um, you never know. Maybe maybe that maybe that timeline or that era of time. Maybe that was suggested to them by LucasArts because you got to remember. I mean, LucasArts is a business too. They want to keep thriving current Star Wars fans still as rabid as ever, and they want to get a whole new generation of them into it. That's why they did the prequel movies, and now there's rumors that there's going to be a, a, another set of three movies coming, and, and and maybe a TV show in the next few years. And they're probably like, "Hey, if you guys want to start a video game franchise around this." this would be the best area in the lore to start it because it literally gives you thousands of years of history that isn't exactly like well-documented. And, you know, you can lifespan that for however long in terms of like a video game RP or IP. You know what I mean? And yep. I know that the Jedi issue is if the subscription fee didn't scare me off from Galaxies, the fact that I couldn't roll a Jedi would have because all I've ever wanted was to be able to play a Jedi Knight in a video game. Dude, I I'm played, so with you, man. I'm so I played with Jedi you. Knight two. I played uh, Dark um, Dark Forces two Jedi Knight. Played Jedi Outcast, Jedi Academy. Every single game in that line, I played Knights of the Old Republic, Knights of the Old Republic two, just so that I could hold a lightsaber and force push someone. That's all I <laughs> That's wanted. That's awesome. So, Galaxies, if I couldn't play a Jedi, I, I wouldn't have been that fun for me. I mean, Han Solo is cool, but eh, lightsabers. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that. But uh, I don't want to drag this one out for too long. I want to move on to the next topic, which I actually forgot to mention earlier. The Jedi Consular has been getting a lot of love in the last few Friday updates. There was a Jedi Consular progression video. And then this most recent Friday update was the uh, Choose Your Side. It was the Imperial Agent versus the Jedi Consular. I don't know if either of you guys had a chance to see those, but in, in terms of the progression video, I actually thought that that was the wimpiest one so far. I did not like the high-level gear that the Jedi Consular had, like their headdress and stuff like that. I thought it looked cheesy. I don't know. What did you guys think about that? If you actually if you actually watch uh, a lot of the newer Star Wars content, going back to the, the second trilogy, even the Clone Wars uh, cartoon, You'll see a lot of the fashions, the fashions for women from Naboo, like Amidala and such. You'll see the fashions are, they're very, very traditional and elegant to the point of almost... Ornate. Yeah, ornate to the point of... That's true. Almost, almost being, you know, surreal like they are. So while you can like or dislike the style, I actually think they're staying very true to what is already out there in the star wars universe and that's that's one of the very fine lines because they do have a place where they can write their own story with a broad brush but at the same time they want to make it as they've said several times they want to make it recognizable as star wars and i think they're doing that balance very very well they're walking that line with fine precision and the consular if you read the backstory on that character it's supposed to be a diplomat an ambassador, someone who frequents meeting halls just as much as they frequent the battlefield. So it makes sense to me that the armor doesn't look like it's battle ready. Oh, the that's a good point. Look. I actually didn't know that. That's a good point. Hey, good relations with the Wookiees. Right. Have I. Okay? <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, no, se seriously. I, and, you know, we're going to nerd out because, you know, that, that's what, this is our nerd cred here. Laugh it uh, up, fuzzball. <laughs> If if you watch if you watch the movies and go back, Yoda Yoda was the premier kick ass guy, and he was the Jedi who wanted to fight last. I mean, he really right. was. I mean, even even the other Jedi that weren't hot tempered, you know, they would pull their lightsaber before Yoda would. You know, Yoda he he was he was the quintessential consular. He was he was you know peaceful 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 until there's absolutely no choice and then when there's no choice you know open a can of green whoop ass and then when he was doing that he would do this <laughs> wow andy um <laughs> does your does does your medical insurance cover psychiatric well care? i'm in my short bus helmet right now so you gotta bear with me 
Right now, Josh is like, I will never be on this show again. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Ever. I, I'm just thinking to myself, wow, they broke out the soundboard. Yeah, I, I know. I'm surprised it took them this long. Nor- normally, I do it earlier. Dave always yells at me, so I tried to save it because we're towards the end. But Well, well D- Dave uh, or uh, Andy always likes to attack Dave with... Liar! <laughs> that one. Anyways... <laughs> I thought the I don't know I guess that makes sense I thought the consular looked kind of cheesy but that that is a good point I didn't I didn't think about about that aspect of it but what did you guys think of the uh, imperial agent versus the consular video I actually thought that was really cool from from what I've read a lot of people did not want to play imperial agent they had like no interest but they tried it out in the beta and now they're like addicted they're like it's the coolest class they love it they love the storyline and uh, you know I I personally haven't played it yet so watching the video I got to see a lot more of the game mechanics around it and things like that. And it looked pretty cool. I thought it was pretty good. I haven't had the opportunity to play the agent, but I do know that from what I've heard of the story, you get to be super spy behind enemy lines, seducing everybody, kill meth, death maim. It sounds like a whole lot of fun. And I'm not surprised that it's uh, being featured at this point because it's been so low on the popularity scale based on some of the polls that a few of the sites out there have done and some of the forum polls that they've had on the official site. Uh, it looks like the non-Force users are going to be a little bit more low pop. So featuring one of the classes and putting uh, that's a non-Force user and putting them in the limelight uh, before launch makes sense to me so that you can try to raise the population, uh, balance the uh, the class distribution a little bit if you can. Well, and, and on top of that too, not only that, but they um, they featured them in a video fighting against a forced user, which I thought was kind of cool. Got to make sure that they know you can still kill them. And everything right. that in that video, the choose your side, Imperial Agent versus Jedi Consular, I mean, they made their case for each side. But in my opinion, and um, I don't know what everyone else thinks, but from what I saw in that video, the agent was going to kick the consular's ass. Dude, and I, I know. I thought so too, man. There was that one scene where you could see the initial fight going on and the consular's health just dropped to like 30%. And you know the guy playing the agent for the video totally backed off. <laughs> I, I, Dude, I, this has to be an even fight. Give ex- me a fighting chance. Exactly, I, yeah. Don't mess up the video, man. I, I don't know. In, in, part, in part of that video too, you see – you see the agent unload because th- that's what as they go through the different segments, it's pretty much the agent unloading at range while the consular, you know, gets up to him. I mean, the video later on in the second half, like the the agent unloads on the consular and he just sits there and heals himself and slowly moves through it until he can break everything. Just kind of like walking towards him, throwing heels up like, yeah, I'm walking towards you. Yeah, you're not going to stop me. And when he gets to him, he just kind of starts kicking the uh, agent's ass. Yeah, in I my agree. opinion, I think that they showed Sniper versus Sage, to be specific. I think that it would have been a lot more even fight on the video if it was Sniper versus Shadow. Because the Shadow could stealth up, get inside the agent's max range, and get up close, and then start kicking his ass at that point. The Sage, you got to be open and overt and walk right up to the sniper's yeah. you have to somehow right. get inside the uh the sniper's reach and, you know, and that's that, not always easy that's a good point that you bring it up and I, I i think a lot of people even maybe people who played in the beta weekend i don't think people necessarily realize is there's not four classes in the game there's there's eight classes on each side because really once you choose your advanced class that is your class like we, we were talking on i think it was even on the on the podcast a few months ago or uh one of our earlier episodes you know after level 10 you're not if you mouse over someone it doesn't say trooper it says vanguard or commando because the differences in the play style and their mechanics and all of that really define how they act in the game and it's the same thing the difference between a uh, you know consular sage versus consular shadow completely different a shadow a shadow consular would have a much greater chance of of taking on a sniper i agree there's something that still gets asked uh, again and again, and that is, you know, hey, h- how can anybody stand up against uh, Jedi? And for the people who aren't as avid about following it as some of us are, Bioware has said in the past a few times that, you know, you're not, you're not an average Joe when you're not a Force user. You are, you are Han Solo. You are, you, you know, Jango Fett. And... We see, you know, you see Jango Fett stand toe to toe with, you know, against Obi-Wan. I mean, they go back and forth. You have no idea who would have won that fight before it was ended. You know, it can be done. And 
players just need to remember that you're not a stormtrooper. You're like the best of the best of the best stormtrooper. It's uh, uh, troopers, yeah, what, special forces or whatever it was for the, I forget, Havoc Squad, special forces. Havoc, spec, Havoc Squad. Spec forces, yeah. Uh, and we won't go any more into that. It's very cool. You, yeah, you are not you are not an average trooper. We'll tell you that much. And it it's made plain very early on. You won't have to wait like 20 hours to find out, you know, who you are. You're going to know in the first hour or two. We kind of touched on this earlier, but we are eight days from the start of early game access. I, I know I'm pretty sure everyone here pre-ordered. What are your guys' expectations as we move into launch week? Like, what are you really looking forward to? Just the 15th or or what kind of things are going on? What kind of things do you have scheduled? This is the first time that I've participated in the uh, launch of an MMO. I joined World of Warcraft after it had been out for several months. I played, uh, started playing Guild Wars, if you can call that an MMO, after it had been in out for a little bit. And I've, I've never really been in on the first wave. So I don't know what to expect. Uh, um, a lot of right server now, downtime. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what I'm expecting. I'm expecting queues, server crashes, the whole nine yards, which is why I'm a little bit on the fence about whether I want to take off any time from work at this point. I mean, I have a few vacation days saved up and um, we're approaching the end of the year. So I don't know if, if it's worth it to burn them to play because uh, I'm probably not going to be able to get on the server. Yeah, we get, talked about schedule, this too. Schedule uh, New Year's week. That's see, that's what I was going to say is, is my, I've you know, Star Wars, Gal I started playing Galaxies and I think it was 2003. So I've been playing MMOs. You know, I've, I've been through that launch, the WoW, WoW launch, the launch of Age of Conan, like on and on and on. There, it's the first three to four weeks. I mean, there's just issues. Anyways, I do believe that this game will have a much smoother launch because of just technology and, and how long it's been in development and all of that kind of stuff. But I know for myself personally, I am not taking any time off just because, you know, you, you take those couple days and then if you, for some reason, you can't play, you're just like, oh man, you know, I, I wasted my PTO. So uh, I'll probably take some time off maybe in January and, and try and get a week of, of game time in for myself. Yeah. You you guys know there's there's the safer way to do it. There's the there's the uh, log in early in the morning, see if the server's up and you can get on, and if it's smooth, and then pick up the phone and go, boss. Yeah, <laughs> the call in sick. Is killing me. <laughs> I'm not gonna be able to make it in today. And Dave, this is this is why you don't have a job, dude. <laughs> Andy. Die in a fire. <laughs> yes, yeah, sorry. See, I work in human resources, so I have a real problem with abusing my sick time. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Well, it's it's not abusing. Okay, then be straight out. Hey, boss. Yeah, I'm sick of being there with you. No, I'm just joking. That, <laughs> these were obviously all jokes, guys. God. No, I know, Dave. You're you're taking some you're taking some time off, aren't you, <laughs> for the launch? Yeah, Andy. As a matter of fact, I won't be taking any calls or email from you for several days, just to let you know. Dude, that's awesome. I'm cracking up. Anyways, yeah, we're uh, we're eight days away from launch, so yeah, we, we ran a little bit long tonight, so uh, we're going to try and wrap this up because uh, the music is starting to fade in in the background. So uh, guys, uh, any final thoughts here before we close out the show? Yeah, well, it was great to have Baylor here. I will be in touch we're definitely going to talk to you, uh, you know, in and out of game uh, after this. And, and who knows, maybe I'll, I'll sneak onto your server on, you know, the nights I don't want to put up with Andy and the rest of my guild and, and play with your small Republic guild. Well, Dave, Andy, thank you very much for having me on. I don't get to do this very often. I'm not part of our uh, the Darth Hader podcast uh, crew, so I don't really speak over the interwebs that much. But I really appreciate you guys having uh, me on the show. Uh, and definitely, Dave, you're more than welcome to come uh, run a few flashpoints with us and uh, have a good time. And you'll definitely have to let me know where you guys end up so I can come bug you. As far as my final thoughts, um, great site you've got at Republic Trooper. I'm really excited about the Trooper class. It's probably going to be my second class that I play after my Jedi Guardian. Awesome. Yeah, well, thank you so much for being on the show. I know... Uh... We've been wanting to get uh, you know get you on for a while now since Dave met you at New York Comic Con. So uh, we will definitely have you back. You know we're we're a week away from early game launch, so I'm, I'm sure we'll be able to, uh, if not play together, at least attempt to kill each other in the game uh, once we're live. But uh, 
That's it, everybody. Uh, that is it for episode six of Combat Chatter. I want to thank uh, Dave and Baylor for hanging out. Mike and Tim, we miss you guys. You guys got to come back soon. Um, everybody, check out DarthHater.com. Um, great website. Probably the leading website out there when it comes to TOR news, editorial, database, things like that. Everybody else out there that was listening to the show tonight, we really appreciate it. As always, thanks for your feedback and comments. And be sure to check us out, republictrooper.com. And also check out Baylor and the Hater crew at darkhater.com. Until next time, you've been listening to Combat Chatter, the official podcast of republictrooper.com. We are out of here. Peace. Later, troops. You've been listening to Combat Chatter, brought to you by republictrooper.com. Join the community at www.republictrooper.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash republictrooper, or on Twitter at republictrooper. Thanks for listening. Tune in next time. Andy, I'm getting a lot of – it sounds like you're a little yeah. bit garbled on mine. Yeah, Andy, you're getting your robot voice again. Oh, man. Fucking Skype. Okay. Yeah. Uh, did we lose everybody? No, no. We just that just, wasn't, that just wasn't funny. <laughs> I do believe that this will be a much smoother launch just because of – excuse me. Blah. Totally tongue-tied there, and I brain farted. If you're going to do that, you, you really need uh, – edit this part out <laughs> <laughs> that's um, totally okay dude blooper reel